Hi, everyone, and welcome to Funding Innovation with Net Capital. I'm Kathy Kreisler. I head up the marketing team here, and today I'm speaking with Rob Burnett, our CEO, and we're answering questions from founders. Rob, our first question is from someone who wants to know whether he should put his fundraising off until the new year. He's thinking if he starts in December, it's a bad time because it's the holidays and people aren't going to have time for him. So how would you respond to that or what advice would you give him? Um, So what I'd say is that typically the holidays, you get two types of people, right? You get people who, you know, the people who shut off and say, no, 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 holidays for family. I will not talk to you. Go away. I'll talk to you when I'm back in the office. But then you get the other people, and it's not an insignificant chunk, who say, it's the only time I ever get to open that email from my friend about that fundraising opportunity or dig in or sit in my office and just kind of relax and, I don't know, sip hot chocolate and, like, read the stuff you sent me. And so I personally, like, if I were running a fundraiser around this time of year, I would run it through the holidays with the understanding that some investors are going to completely ignore me and I need to go make sure I have a plan to retarget them in January. But there are some people who you, you're never going to get because they're so busy and the holidays are actually kind of the perfect time to try and snag them. Um, mm. And so as long as you go in with that mindset, I think they're really valuable. Right. Um, the, the one other thing I would say about the holidays for anyone, for anyone who's thinking about running any kind of paid marketing, so digital ads, things like that, this, is, this can be a really rough time to do that because you're competing against you know every company and their mother trying to get attention for Christmas gifts and other things. It makes ad space really expensive this time of year. So um, my recommendation is typically, if you are if you do have a paid marketing campaign of some kind, doing either just like a, a um, and Kathy might be able to tell me exactly the, the word for it, but um, like a prospecting campaign. So campaigns designed to just get people to like sign up for an email address or, or, or opt into something versus a campaign it's designed to get people to go all the way through the funnel to, to invest. Those campaigns tend to be a little more expensive, whereas just a prospecting campaign where you're just collecting emails that you can email later about the campaign, um, that can be a little cheaper and a way to more cost-effectively start uh, building up a, a list without um, spending too much money this time of year. Anyone who can, I actually just recommend getting live basically as soon as you can uh, and then going from there and understanding that, you know, Sometimes it's really great to have a really good launch to your campaign and a really strong start. That's obviously ideal. Uh, But some companies really ramp up into it slowly. And that's okay, too, as long as you're ready for it and ready to uh, um, kind of commit to that longer process. Thanks, Rob. Okay, so our next question comes from someone who's asking about list building. He says, you often talk about the importance of list building and starting with friends and family, but... How do we go about starting that process? And do we really have to start with friends and family? You know, every company's got a, you know, the only way to raise money essentially is to build a list in one way or another, right? You never have to write it down, but like you got to go talk to people and ask them for money. And whether that's in the form of emails or digital ads or phone calls or events, like some way you have to get out there and ask people for money. And so a lot of people get very nervous around this, right? Because it's awkward to ask people for money. Um, you know, if anyone's ever raised money for a charity, it's awkward to say, hey, I'm you know, running a 5K, will you, will you support me? People will go roll their eyes and go, I don't know. And so, you know, my pieces of advice there are twofold. Like one is, you know, certainly don't ask anyone who you, you know, you can't 
uh, quote unquote afford to ask, right? If it's someone whose relationship you could ruin because you asked them for money, don't, don't do it. Um, but I recommend entrepreneurs take as much of a, uh, this is an opportunity, not a charity request mindset as possible. Because to be honest, if you're not willing, if you don't believe in enough in your company to have your aunt or uncle or cousin or, or, or you know, friend from grad school invest, even a little bit, or you're not willing to ask them or even just say, hey, just so you know, I'm doing this thing if you want to get in. If you're not willing to do that, then, you know, that that cast here, then if you're a big investor, why would, why, you know, why would some other person who's never met you trust you with their money if you're not willing to ask the people who, who you know um, for money? And so, you know, different members of founding teams are going to have different levels of comfort there. Um, and, you know, they don't have to share their lists amongst each other. But I do think it's important that companies go through the exercise of doing that list building uh, because, you know, it might seem like, you know, if I need to raise a million dollars on the capital, that probably means you need about a thousand investors. So it might seem silly to have like four friends invest, but those early investors compound really, they're really important. Uh, and they're important for two reasons. The first reason is simply kind of monetary. Getting those first dollars in is harder, right? The first hundred thousand on your way to a million is way harder than the last hundred thousand, like, like 10 times harder, 50 times harder. Um, and so every dollar counts as you get through that first five, 10, 15, 25, 50% of your raise, those dollars count so much more than the last half. And so even one or two people, it's important to get, get it done. And then the other thing that I think is really important that I think is under appreciated in the, in the founder community is that in general, we're bad at pitching our business. And I know some people might think, no, I got it. I got it down. But in general, we're bad because as and we're, we're geared that way, because as founders of companies, we're inherently a little bit out of step with reality. And I say that with like all the love in the world. But in order to start a company that no one else has started before, you have to kind of have a vision and see something that the average person does not see. And so when we talk about our businesses, we tend to make leaps in logic. We tend to not really nail down. And we live it every day, right? So we don't tell the story quite as well. And so the reason why I say all that is that when you talk to friends and family, people who know you, if you're brave enough and if you're kind of organized enough, you can ask them, no, 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 seriously. What's the real feedback you have on my pitch? Do you like it? Where am I losing you? You might invest anyway because you like me. You might not invest either way because there's nothing I could say to ever convince you because this isn't your thing. But what about my pitch is getting you excited or not? Where am I losing you? And the founders who do that 5, 10, 20, 20, 50, 100 times, they just get better at talking about their business. And it's, it's subtle and it's insidious and it just happens. And so it, then when they end up in rooms talking about their business or they end up running ads on Facebook, their messaging is just better. Um, and I've seen that over hundreds of fundraisers is the companies that are willing to ask the same, you know, spend this, you know, a little bit of time on someone who's going to invest a hundred bucks as you know, the $25,000 checks they're getting from the local angel group. Those founders are just better at closing capital. Um, okay. So that was a lot. No worries. That was really helpful. I'm sure. Uh, so our next question has to do with, 
a person who wants to raise funds on an equity crowdfunding platform like Net Capital, and he wants to know uh, when you should start the process of talking to people, are you allowed to start telling them about it before you launch? Great question. So I think there's a couple things here. So what I recommend everyone do is with, with you have to be a little careful here because there's some rules around um, how you can advertise. You shouldn't do any general solicitation before your fundraise starts. So no mass emailing, no webinars. Don't go speak at a conference and then say, hey, everyone, I'm going to raise on that capital in three weeks. See me then. Don't do that stuff. That being said, what you can do is have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people you already know. So if you have, you know, and I keep saying like aunts and uncles or cousins or brothers and sisters, you know, if you have family members or close relatives or close friends who you already talk to about your business, I recommend talking to them as early as possible, doing exactly what I said, hey, but, but frame it as questions and advice. Hey, I'm thinking about raising money. You know, if I did, would you invest? Oh, uh, I don't know, maybe. Okay, can you talk to me about what you would need to hear from me to invest? Right? Oh, well, I would want to hear this, this, and this. Great. Can I pitch to you? Yes. So, so working that is really, really helpful. And doing that as early as possible is great because then even if it's five or 10 people, you get them keyed up. And then when you launch, you go call them up and say, hey, you know how you said you were going to do it? Now's the time. Can you please get in? So doing that early is really good. Second piece of advice I have is if any of you have larger email lists, so that could be you know, a hundred people who follow your business. It could be a customer list of, you know, we've seen people with customer lists as much as a hundred as a hundred thousand people or more. Those lists, you should start warming up. And what I say by that is not telling them a fundraise is happening, but start sending them stuff, not overwhelming them, but Hey, uh, just want to give you an update on the business. Hey, you know, I'm going to be at this conference next week. If anyone's around, hit me up. Um, hey, we're going to host a product demo online. Sign up here on Zoom. Doing those things to warm up people and get them used to seeing you and used to seeing you have progress. It's a great thing to do on LinkedIn as well. Just start to get more active. Just put yourself out there. Say, hey, talk about what you're building. All that warm up happens so that when it does come time to start asking people for money, they're not like, who is this person who's asking me for money? They're like, oh, I've seen them like 50 times and they've got a cool product. They're raising money. Maybe I should take a look. That warmth is really helpful. It makes it feel much more authentic and it makes them connect with you as individuals, right? You should really put yourselves out there. You want people connecting with you as individuals, a founder, CEO, executive team member, however you're situated in the company. If you're just a kind of faceless company asking for money on the internet, unless you're really cool or like really have a, a great brand or a really strong presence, it's going to be hard. Okay. So number one is talk to friends and family. Number two is start warming up your existing lists. And then my third piece of advice there is once you're live, I like to think about outreach strategies in, in the form of concentric circles. So if you think about the people closest to you, you want to, so what I've seen a lot of founders do is they've got friends and family and they've got customers and they've got a, a Facebook campaign and they've got like a, you know, a list they bought. And on day one, they'll just hit everybody at once. They'll just fire away. And the problem with that is the people who are farthest away from you, kind of both physically and kind of metaphorically, if they come to an offering page with like $1,000 raised on it, they're just not going to convert very well. Um, whereas a friend and family, they might know, hey, this is early on, I want to be the first to give. So start with the people who are close to you, right? On day one, say, hey, you agreed to invest, you want to support me, here's how you can do it, please do it. And, you know, and 
for each founder, it's going to be different, but take time to work your way all the way through that group, right? Call them a couple times, chat with them, get them in, right? That might get you to 50 bucks. That might get you to $500,000, but that, you know, get through that list, then move on to the next one. Okay. Now it's like my list of 200 people who are company insiders. And I'm going to post a little on LinkedIn and do that for a little while and get them in as much as you can. Okay, then I'm going to go to my customer list, which is like a 10,000 person list, right? And I'm going to start hitting them up and I'm going to host webinars for them and I'm going to do that stuff. And then I'm going to go run a Facebook campaign and then I'm going to, you know, go get on a podcast or whatever it is, right? But you can see how if you stack it that way, you'll increase your conversion rate all the way through your funnel and all the way along your fundraise. Whereas if you start with a 100,000 person list on day one and you're not an expert at it um, and you don't have this people super warmed up and committed to you, you'll send a hundred thousand emails and there'll be crickets and then you'll sit there and go, oh, I don't know what to do now. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but we also have a question from a founder who says he, you know, he doesn't have a lot of friends or, or family to speak of and you know, where does he start? How can he go about building a list? So yeah, a lot of founders end up in that, in that position. So you're not alone by any stretch. I mean, my first piece of advice, is like take it one at a time like if it's a spreadsheet that's got one name on it it's better than none right so literally one at a time second thing i would recommend is now is your opportunity to start building a name for yourself in your uh industry so industry is where you're going to find the best communities so like i would be one i'd be starting to post on linkedin tagging people in the industry things like that and this is a, a bit of a quirk, or not a quirk, but a, a kind of funnel trick. But what I would do is whenever you post something on LinkedIn, ask a question, get people to engage with you. Then what I would do is I would on, if you have a, a landing page or a homepage on your website, I would create a, a, any simple website builder will have the opportunity to, for you to build like a pop-up. Like you've all seen this a million times when you go to e-commerce stores. Um, where it's like, hey, sign up and get 15% off. Um, you should put that on your website, like sign up to, to stay in touch with all my latest news, right? That's all it needs to be, but start creating an email list that way. So post on LinkedIn, link to that page, get people moving that way. The other thing I would do is this, I would do similar things um, in any kind of forum. Uh, if there's a Reddit group for that, if there are web sites that are specific, there's trade publications that have, you know, a lot of trade publications these days do online conferences. Um, go to those, start, you know, see if you can get the email lists of, of those conferences, things like that, and start to introduce yourself. On LinkedIn, there's really powerful search. And I'd search for people who are, are investors or angels, and I would reach out to them personally, one-on-one -on -one via LinkedIn Messenger and just say, hey, I'm working on this startup. Can I pick your brain? Or would you be willing to sit down and do a virtual coffee with me? And so you're not asking them to invest. You're not asking them to do anything. You're just asking them to get caught like a virtual coffee with you or, or chat with you for 20 minutes on the phone. Come up with a couple questions for them. You can use the same ones for everyone who takes you up on it. But at the end of those call, you know, ask them a bunch of questions. Hey, I'm doing this. Any advice? Anyone I should talk to? Get introductions to new people to talk to. And then um, say like, hey, would you be willing? Can I, I've got a, I've got an update email list that just to keep people updated on my progress. Can I put you on the list? They'll almost certainly say yes, put them on the list. And then you can update people every week with here's my progress, here's my progress, here's my progress. And then before you know it, hey, I'm fundraising, who's interested? 
Yeah, those are some great tips. Thank you, Rob. Uh, That's all we have time for this week. So thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you at the next Funding Innovation with Net Capital. 